Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, cat people, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in today. You and your cats are the reason we do this show. I'm your host, Molly, and I'm joined today by my co-host and husband, Dewey. Hello, cat people. Thank you, my love. I'd like to also introduce someone else here with us. This is our pet, our favorite pet, Tabasco, our beautiful kitty, and I'd like to let him say hello to the cat world also. Hey, Tabasco. Yo, yo. Let's see if we can wake him up. Yo, yo, Tabasco. Your fans want to hear from you. Say hello. Ah, uh, <laughs> I believe he's ready for the show. <laughs> and today's show is all about things you can do in your home to prevent behavior issues. But before we get started, I want you to go to Facebook, find cat Behavior Solutions on Facebook, and you'll see a Cat Talk Radio live on the air post. And in the comment sections of that post, we will be putting visuals that will help you know what we're moving through in the material as we go along. And that is a place that you can also ask us questions during the show, and we may um, address them during the show. Yes, and I would like to let everybody know that you can call in and talk to us, and we'd like to hear from you. I want to repeat the number. It's 866-742-5792. Please call in, ask any questions. Molly's here for an entire hour, and we would love to hear from you. So, Molly, let's get started with this. Tell us about the Cat of the Week. Ah, this Cat of the Week is Harley. He's a special one. Harley was one of our many amputee fosters here, and our very own Sharon Castillo fell in love with him and adopted him. Harley came into Dallas Animal Services with a badly broken leg, and one of our amazing rescue partners, Cat Matchers, tagged him. We fostered him, and the even more amazing, talented orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Lavender, at Metropolitan Animal Hospital, decided that Harley's limb wasn't savable, so she amputated it and did a beautiful job. But don't feel sorry for Harley, because he didn't even know it's missing. And even special needs cats need proper environmental enrichment. Sounds like a foster failure. (laughs) That's exactly what it was, Sharon. (laughs) So, cat people, I would like to offer you the same opportunity to send in to us a picture of your cat and tell us a little bit about your cat and we will feature the cat of the week on our show and if you would send that to molly at cattalkradio.com so let's get on with the show yes okay so let's talk a little bit about stress because stress has been proven to influence mental health and disease in people what about cats you think that's right molly Oh, absolutely. Stress is one of the most important factors in a cat's behavior. 
you know, genetically, um, let's let's talk a little bit about the history of cats because genetically your cat is so closely linked to its wild cat ancestors. You know, they have about a 96% DNA linkage to, to their ancestor cats. So while dogs have evolved socially, by the way, but that's for another show, um, they are much less genetically linked to their ancestors than cats are. So when you have a cat, it's a lot like living with a tiny tiger, like caging a tiny tiger in your home. Your cat needs enrichment in its environment that's natural to its species, not what's natural to us. And without that enrichment in the environment, stress happens. And when a cat feels stress, it often has these nuisance behaviors, such as destroying your property or peeing on things other than the litter box or aggression to other cats and to you. Let's talk a little bit today about ways that we can help provide things to reduce stress. And I I would suppose that just having toys and scratching posts wouldn't necessarily just be all you need to help reduce the stress. Is that right? Uh, true. That's that's not enough. Those things are important too, but it's a lot more than that. It, it encompasses all of your cat's senses and all of the cat's environment. Cat owners need to take a proactive role in creating an environment that minimizes the likelihood of destructive or compulsive behaviors, that the likelihood that they'll develop, because these behaviors are a lot easier to prevent than to fix. Interesting, interesting. So we need to create a natural environment. When you're talking about that, do we really need to go out and build a jungle in our backyard or a jungle in our house just for the cat? <laughs> I'm sure Tabasco would love that, honey. Shall we put it on your to-do list? <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> uh, yeah, your cat would love it if you turned your house into an indoor jungle, but we've got to be more practical than that. Um, but we do need to provide an environment that stimulates them. That's that's really what enrichment is, is a stimulation. Because, you know, they're like little wildcats. And, and part of this problem is they get bored. And boredom causes pent-up energy. And that's what creates behavior problems. Environmental enrichment is, is key to behavior problem prevention. Think of it this way. Enrichment is choice and control for your cat, and choice and control creates behavioral choices that draws out the cat's species-appropriate abilities. Wow, that's interesting. With all the beds and toys that our cat has, why on earth would he be bored in our home? <laughs> Tabasco does have a lot of toys and beds in our home, but it's but that by itself, again, isn't enough. So, you know, cats weren't generally kept indoors until the 70s. Prior to that, it was common for people to just let their cats free roam indoors and outdoors. And and when a cat is an outdoor cat, they spend six hours a day hunting. Certainly more than they sleep, I tell you. Or they sleep more than, than that during the day. They, they do sleep like maybe 16 hours a day. It's a lot. But really, when they're not sleeping outside, they're hunting. And, you know, when they do sleep, they kind of take little cat naps. So they're not in deep REM sleep all that often. Um, and, and I'm not saying, by no means am I saying, hey, turn your cats outside, that that's how you get enrichment for them. 
that's that's not what we want to do. Tabasco, so, did you just wake up? <laughs> he did. He wanted to ask a question too. <laughs> so other things that cats do when they're outdoors, in addition to spending a good portion of the day hunting and sleeping, is they're marking and guarding their territory, their cat zone. They're also watching for predators. You know, cats are in the middle of the food chain, so they are both prey and predator. And they have about a six-city block cat zone if they're in the wild. They don't. They're not social, as I said earlier. That's dogs. They didn't evolve socially in their hierarchy. So it's not like, you know, they get together for cards once a week with their cat buddies. It's it's a solo cat in that area. And, you know, indoors, if an animal cannot participate in behaviors that it's highly motivated to perform, frustration and chronic stress develops and and these little guys are highly motivated to perform all the activities that they naturally do in the outdoors sounds like the first problem is size of your indoor space yeah absolutely too little space can cause frustration in your cat you know they say that in order for us to provide a cat with enough space that we would need to have a a 10 bedroom home and uh, so I think we need to go shopping for a new house, do we? Not today. <laughs> and so obviously, yes, space is one of the first things. We need to all recognize that we're not giving our cat enough space indoors. They just simply can't have enough space. And the more cats you layer on top of your cat in your family, the more stress that space causes So think of it this way. Everything a cat gets outside, they need indoors. So we need to recreate the outdoors, indoors, as a stress rejection protocol. Now, again, that doesn't mean we have to plant the jungle inside. But the way you should think about your space is create a cat hub, an area where your cat has most of its stuff primarily, but then also have multiple resources in different rooms. So the the cat hub in your home becomes the safe place that your cat can go to get away from other stresses in the house, kids, dogs, visitors. It's a safe space for the cat. But then they've got to have multiple resources in different rooms so that they're not bored. Now, if you have multiple cats, you absolutely need to have litter boxes in different rooms, different food bowls, different water bowls, lots of toys in different rooms, cardboard boxes for them to get in, and those kinds of things. So I I want you to think about enrichment this way. Enrichment, it, it comes to your cat in five components, social, occupational, physical, sensory, and nutritional. Wow. So let's talk about social or society. It sounds like we should get these cats together and create a little society in each home. Is is getting multiple cats the answer for boredom or the answer for creating the society or social order? Not typically. In this case, uh, their social enrichment comes, yes, from other cats, other animals too, 
including humans, most importantly, humans. You know, uh, the challenges of cat-to-cat relationships are kind of what we touched on earlier, is that they they evolved as a solitary species. They have a large space that they live in just by themselves, and they don't socialize with one another. They don't hunt together. They don't share meals together. Um, so getting another cat can be very difficult on your cat. Behavior is, is also inherited. So if you get a cat that was a solo kitten that didn't have siblings to learn about how to socially get along with other cats and didn't have a cat mom, that cat's going to be a whole lot more difficult to acclimate to a new cat in your home. But some cats are very social, as as you've seen with the last two that we fostered, both Sunshine and Marmalade were extremely social cats to, to other cats. And even Tabasco is deciding in his old age that maybe he's going to tolerate another cat But, you know, really dogs, a dog that's not going to treat your cat like prey or chase your cat around like a maniac um, can be a really good companion for cats. And sometimes incorporating a dog into your home is a lot less threatening to a cat than another cat because they don't see dogs as a territory invader. And then ferrets and rabbits can also be great friends with cats. I've, I've heard. I've not done that personally. But maybe we could. There's some really cute bunnies at the shelter I've been thinking about. Not today. <laughs> you are no fun whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> not today. <laughs> but humans, humans in the social enrichment for cats, humans really need to be the primary provider of of social enrichment to your cat, which means you you just don't put the toys and stuff out for your cat. You've got to be interactive with your cat. You've got to play with your cat. You've got to groom your cat. You've got to spend time with them. Cats love to be brushed for the most part by you. They They love that interaction with you. So that's got to be a really, really important part of your relationship with your cat and I can't tell you how many times people come into the shelter saying I want to adopt a cat I my cat needs a buddy and one of the first things I ask them is what is your cat doing that makes you think it needs a buddy because trust me that is not wired into their system anywhere anyhow And usually it's, well, they're following me around, or they're just sleeping all day, or they're constantly meowing at me. And I always have to tell those people, yeah, what your cat needs is for you to be more in relationship with it. Interesting. So we've talked about uh, one of the first things on your list, which was social. Um, Tell us about occupational enrichment. And occupational meaning like jobs, are they supposed to go get jobs, which that would be nice. Uh, some some cats, outside, outside cats sure have jobs. What do you think about that? Yeah, a, a lot of cats have jobs. They, uh, you know, there's mousers, a lot of cats that are not social, um, feral cats that don't have any experience with social interaction. They make great barn cats. And um, warehouses, breweries, places of business where there might you might need rodent control. There's no reason those cats can't 
uh, can't live out great lives doing that. So if you have one of those situations and are looking for a barn cat or a, a working cat, absolutely get in touch with me because I will get you one. But, Dewey, that is not what we mean by occupational enrichment. <laughs> in this case, we mean exercising, um, puzzles, environmental control, toys, things like that. Like, have you seen that giant hamster wheel for cats that, that like, bingles? Not I think. Today. <laughs> you knew where I was going. <laughs> Dang it, Tabasco. I almost got you one. <laughs> those, <laughs> those are great enrichment for cats. Um, we obviously don't have one today, but maybe soon. Um, and, and cats get on those and they run and run and run and run and chase. Now, I have heard from a, a lot of people tell me that uh, their cat doesn't do those things so i don't i don't know if they work but they might it's worth trying for sure so those are the kinds of things that we're that we're talking about so we're getting ready to go to a break and when we come back we're going to dive into occupational enrichment head first and until then stay with us. Don't go away because we have a lot more information. We've just brushed the surface and um, we're going to come back and talk about the rest of these, the physical enrichment, sensory enrichment, and nutritional enrichment, which is not food in this case. It is the special things that you do for your cat uh, to give it nutritional enrichment and fun in that regard. You know, another thing is people think cats are lazy, and that is is a real myth. And I think we're talking about that, the heart of that today, that that cats aren't lazy, and they they do need stimulation, and they do need choice and control and enrichment in their environment. And when we come back, we are going to talk a lot more about that. We have some stories to tell you. For those of you listening, maybe even your cat's going to get talked about on the show. And uh, we've got some links for resources to share with you. And and uh, we've got a lot of really great stuff for you when we come back. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, cat fans. We are today talking with Molly about enrichment. And we left when we were just talking about occupational enrichment. But before we get back into cats and jobs, I'd like to remind everyone to go to Facebook and follow us on Facebook at Cat Behavior Solutions. Uh, And Molly, what about occupational? Well, it's not jobs, (laughs) Dewey. It's exercise, puzzles, environmental control, and toys. And we talked about like the big giant hamster wheel. But the most, one of the most important things is we've got to mimic the six hours of hunting that they're not getting to do. Because hunting is a natural instinct for cats. You know, people often ask me, why is my cat bringing me this bird? Because I feed it. It can't be hungry. And you're right. Cats don't need to be hungry to hunt or kill their prey so we need to mimic that whole sequence with something that i like to call prey play Um, we're going to post a picture actually of a beautiful um, client of mine miss jasmine kitty and a picture of her prey playing with her mommy prey play is simply what you're going to see in this picture it is getting a wand toy with a prey-like looking thing at the end, whether that's feathers or the crinkly paper. They really like the feather-crinkly paper combination or the little mouse. And then you have to be on the other end of that wand toy, jiggling it and bouncing it. And most importantly, slowly dragging it on the floor and making it go around the corner out of sight and then just wait because the cats can't stand it. They get that wiggle butt and then they come pouncing around after it. But the most important component of prey play is the bite at the end. So, you know, when you do that and your cat grabs that thing and then they bite it, that's called the kill bite of the sequence. And what that does is in that kill bite, like when they're in the wild and they're 
delivering that kill bite to the mouse or the bird, they're actually getting a serotonin boost in the brain. And they've done some recent studies that have shown that highly aggressive cats in in autopsies have a serotonin deficiency. So theoretically, the more serotonin you can get in your cat's brain, the less behavior issues it's going to have. So be sure to pray play. I suggest two 10-minute sessions a day with your cat um, at a minimum. And then there's interactive toys. You know, if, if... if you don't want to pray play, there's self-interactive toys like the laser light beams that move by themselves and the little round things where the balls bat around and, and stuff like that. Just be careful with those because your cat can't deliver the kill bite to a laser light beam and therefore it's not getting the full benefit of of prey play. You know, there's motion activated toys and and things like that. You also want to make sure you get new toys often because cats get bored with toys very quickly. And uh, and that's why we need to go shopping tonight, honey. Tabasco needs new toys. Not today. Oh man, he is a buzzkill. But Tabasco is saying he wants to go. I know he loves to go to Petco and go shopping. That's a real enrichment thing, too. We'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> Everything's a toy then. Exactly. Another big, uh, big component of, of, um, of occupational enrichment is, is what we call foraging enrichment. And this is food puzzles. So speaking of Tabasco, we're going to post a video of Tabasco using his food puzzle. I carry three food puzzles on on our website at the store. We carry the round one that they can nose or bat around where the food falls out. We carry the fishbowl one that you'll see in this video where Tabasco's reaching into the fishbowl and getting the pieces out. And then we carry one that's kind of a combination of the two. It's egg-shaped and, and bounces back and forth. So we'll post the link to to those also. Because, you know, cats uh, cats are really, they like contra-freeloading, which means that contra-freeloading was a, a term that's coined in the early 60s by an animal psychologist. And basically what it means is that when animals are given a choice of free feeding, versus working for their food, they prefer to work for their food. And that was proven by um, a guy, a scientist named B.F. Skinner in the 30s. He made what's commonly known as a Skinner box. Now, I remember this intimately because my dad got a psychology degree and and in school, one of their assignments were they had to build a Skinner box from scratch, and then each of the students got assigned a rat. So my dad brought this rat home at the end of the of the the test that they were doing in, in college. He brought the Skinner box home, and he brought this rat home, and we named it Hermie, Herman, Hermie, I called him, White white, typical white lab rat. He was adorable. And when we'd have people come over to the house, my dad would get that Skinner box out and he would put it on the coffee table and show that he had trained Hermie after a series of light blinks. Hermie would go and press the bar a specified number of times and food and treats would come out. And and they like it. People say, well, that's cruel. And, uh, and it's not. They really like working for their food. Now, sometimes 
um, sometimes getting your cat to use a food puzzle is difficult. Um, remember when I first got that food puzzle and Tabasco looked at me and looked at the food puzzle and kind of gave me that look like, WTF? What am I supposed to do with that? Yes, I do. He figured it out pretty quickly, though. Well, actually, I had to I had to do a step in between. So I, I was still in school at the time, and my professor suggested that we get an empty cracker box and put the dry food in the cracker box, lay the cracker box on its side, so that he had to get the idea that, oh, I've got to work for my food. Because, you know, it's he goes, you know, seven years of his life, and he's never had to work for a meal, and now all of a sudden he does. Sometimes you got to give him a little help and a little ideas of, of what's going on so that they get it. And uh, and once he figured it out, those first couple scoops in that, that cracker box, he was like, oh, I get it. And as you'll see from the video, he's a, he's a, real, uh, a real pro at it now. And I thought it was a piece of trash on the floor. <laughs> no, I didn't it, realize it was a puzzle. Wow. The, the main problem with that is you get up in the middle of the night to pee in a dark room and you, and you encounter that food puzzle and you can kick it across the room and food goes everywhere. So be careful where you put them. I think he put it there on purpose so you'd get the, you'd kick it and knock the, the treats out and he'd go after the treats. That was pretty smart, Tabasco. How'd you do that? Did you figure out that on your own? Wow, you are good. <laughs> you know, while we're talking about food and stress, if food sharing between the species is not common. So, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword here. It can be a positive bonding experience between cats that, that get along to enjoy meals, you know, a couple feet apart from one another. But if you have one cat that's scarfing down its food and then trying to scarf down all the other's food, that's stressful. So feed those kinds of cats in an, in another room. Feed them apart because that's not natural to the species to, to share meals or to really share spaces that closely. Well, let's uh, take a break just a second here. And uh, we have a question. And this question comes from Francisco Philibert. He asks, Molly, we have two cats. Both are rescues. Is there a way to train a cat to be more indoors instead of outdoors? Both of our cats, before we adopted them, knew the outdoors very well, and we haven't had the heart to take it away from him. But the outside is dangerous. In our community, we're in a densely populated area. One of the cats likes to roam and sometimes goes across the street. Lots of traffic going by. What do you recommend? Uh, good question, Francisco. Um, and and you bring up a, a great point that fits right in here with occupational enrichment. You know, cats do like to be outside. It's natural. It's in their DNA. And a lot of cats will cause problems by trying to dart out the doors. And every time you go out, it, it wants to go out under your feet. Not uncommon, but a really bad idea. It's it's very dangerous, not only in a high traffic area, but in low traffic areas. You know, cars, cats get exposed to other outdoor cats that can carry diseases like feline leukemia and, and FIV and, and other life-threatening diseases. They're, of course, you know, subject to predators, dogs and, and hawks and owls. So you really don't want to let your cat, if it's a social cat, 
you know, be a free roaming outdoor cat. But that doesn't mean that you can't provide safe outside access and enrichment at the same time. So first thing is leash walks. Um, We sell a a harness and leash on our website. I think it's one of the best. There are many out there. But one of our fosters, one of our little three-legged fosters, actually, Buddha Belly, who's now chief. We called him Buddha Belly because when he fostered here, he had this gigantic stomach. And we all thought he, he was sick, but it turned out he just needed to grow into that belly. So we named him Buddha Belly. His new mom says chief is better. And he's adorable. You should follow him on Instagram. It's a riot. Anyway, we're going to post a picture of Buddha Belly because... He likes to get out on his leash and harness and walk all the time. So does Tabasco. I have one of those 30-foot leads, like dog training leads, the three-eighths inch thick lead. And I put Tabasco on it. And that way I can, you know, I can pull up as much of it as I need to and give him as much room to go explore. But he's still safely on the end of a harness. So he's not going to get away from me. The other thing, a really, really great thing I think every cat owner ought to have, every cat owner on the planet, listen closely, you need a catio. If you don't have a catio, build a catio. I saw one the other day that was amazing. It was a two-story catio, and it apparently has access to it. Um, through the second story of the house. You'll see we're going to post a picture of it now. It's, it's, it's just amazing. We have catios, and uh, in the catios, if you have trees, you know, build places for them to climb the trees. Make sure they've got shade in the catio, and, of course, cover in case it's raining or, or bad weather. And, hey, take that opportunity to build a litter box outside so that you've got one less smelly litter box source in, in the house. You know, that brings up a subject about a couple of construction jobs that my beautiful wife has put me on. One of them was for our own cat and a marmalade at the time. She's m- mentioned our cat marmalade that we adopted or we fostered, almost like adopted. He was with us for a while. Uh, we have a tree out back and uh, the tree is leaning about 45 degrees, 45 degree angle out of the ground, and so we decided that uh, Marmalade was a type of cat that wanted to jump, and so he was constantly trying to, um, oh, and let me uh, mention this while I'm here, he's the first cat I've ever seen actually walk up a chain link fence, uh, climb a chain link fence, and we had to, we had to catify that, and uh, by doing so, I just put up some chicken wire at a at a 45 degree angle on top of the fence to keep him from going over, uh, but in in the process of uh, catifying our outdoor area, we wanted to enrich it a little bit, and so we took this tree that was angled at 45 degrees, and uh, about six feet up to six and a half, seven feet, we put a uh, perch, basically, for them, platform, and carpeted it for them, and that gave Marmalade a place to go up and and get out of the out of the area, out of the um, the ground area and get up in the tree area. He liked to be able to get up there close to the birds. But even up there in that, he wanted to jump up to the limbs and would crawl up on the limbs and then climb up onto the top of our roof, which was a problem. So I had to catify that also. And I just took a green mesh 
uh, chicken wire, and I encapsulated that top area to keep him from going up there. And now, uh, at the time, he enjoyed the platform, enjoyed being up in the tree, and then and we enjoyed him not getting up on the roof. Uh, another situation, uh, Molly and I went out to a lady who was really, really uh, expressing an, a need to have her cats outside with her. She loved her cats on the inside, was always afraid to have them outside much. She had a swimming pool outside and a beautiful backyard. And we got to talking to her about uh, setting up a catio outside and places for the cats to get to. So she had a great big tree, and we created a stair step along the way. They were about two foot apart, and we were there were little platforms that we made, and then we it went up about seven, eight feet, and then we extended that off and then put some chains out on the end of it so the cats could basically walk up the platforms or lie on any of the platforms and get up there in the tree, and we're not so far up the tree that they could get away and escape. But at the same time, her cats could come outside while she was outside gardening or swimming or doing things. The cats had an opportunity to be outside. And we put plush carpet on those, and those kitties really loved it. And she loved her cats being outside. That was a great project, and you did an awesome job on that, honey. Thank you, my love. (laughs) We are about ready to go to break, but you know, before we go to break, I want to I want to thank a, a special friend of Tabasco's. His name is Brian Edwards. Brian has products that there's Tabasco thanking Brian. Isn't that sweet? Thank you, Tabasco. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Brian has products that create guaranteed lifetime income so that you can take care of your cat and build catios and all kinds of fun stuff. So go find him at brianedwardswealthmanagement.com and have him help you take better care of your cat and get more environmental enrichment. We will be right back. Stay with us. <laughs> Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, 
behavior consultations, seminars, and articles. Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or you may send an email to Molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. All right. Thank you for hanging in there with us, cat people. We're here with Molly DeVos talking about the five components of enrichment. And we have talked about social and occupational, and I understand that's not a job. And now let's move on into the third one. Molly, tell us a little bit about the physical. Yeah, so physical is about environmental complexity, you know, cats, trees, tunnels, furniture. So it's different from occupational. Occupational is all about environmental control, having choice and control in your environment, where physical is really uh, more about the complexity of that. So, for example, indoor vertical space is a must, especially in a multi-cat household, and a Especially, especially if you have dogs or kids or or things that cause your 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 cat stress that are crawling around on the ground with your cat, you know cats will more readily share their home and space with other cats if there's vertical space. You know, I had a a consult recently with uh, two cats, Esme and Benji. Esme was the new cat to the house, and there was a cat tree, and it had a couple shelves, but it didn't really go anywhere. Well, Benji would camp out at the top of the cat tree and play troll bridge with the new cat and wouldn't let it up on the shelves. Well, in addition, there were all these dogs in the house that the new cat was afraid of. So one of the things that I recommended to her was creating a cat autobahn, like a cat superhighway of shelves and systems all along the top of the house, like two feet down from the ceiling. The important thing is creating two exit levels. So if you have two cats, they got to have two ways to be able to, to get out. And she actually took that a step further and is going to create a whole system that connects this new cat from the cat hub room, which has got a gate that keeps the dogs out, to the other spaces in the house. So she can actually now, the cat can actually now come out of that cat hub and go into the living room and share that space with the dogs without being down on their level. And we can't wait to get uh, pictures of that because we'll post them. In the meantime, we're going to post pictures of another really amazing super highway system We're also going to post a picture of a cat tree. Um, Another client, these are clients Coco and Dior in their beautiful high cat tree. And you can see how the cats like sharing spaces on that. The taller the cat tree, the better. 
Um, you know, the and the more variety of textures, the better, because, you know, that brings us to the next thing is that cats have to claw and scratch. It's not an option, people. So do not declaw your cat. That is not like removing nails, not even in the cruelest of ways you see on TV where they do it with pliers and stuff. It's not that. It is actually amputation at a joint. And in that joint, there's a lot of small bones and there's a high percentage of cats that end up with bone spurs after um, after declawing. And those are the number one cases of litter box issues, by the way. So don't do that. Give your cat some really great clawing and scratching opportunities. And if you can't do that, get those cool little rubber nail cap covers. We're going to show one of my best friends has a beautiful Bengal named Nobu. And she puts nail covers on Nobu. And this picture we're posting is I was over at their house. And here's Nobu being the Bengal princess with her nail cap covers. You're going to, you're going to love that. But those nail cap covers keep them from, from clawing your furniture. They last about four to six weeks. So if you feel like you have to do something, do that. But better than that, provide both vertical and horizontal spaces for your cat to claw. They need to do it because they need to get a stretch in their back. It stretches their muscles all along their back. It's very important for them. It releases emotional tension. And it also does something that's really important. It leaves scent messages. There are scent glands in between the cat's toes. And so they don't scratch just for the heck of it. They're doing it because it's natural behavior, it's part of what they do in their cat zone, is they scratch so that other cats know, hey, this is my place. So, And some cats like to scratch vertically. I mean, you can even take a a piece of carpet and tack it to the wall about 18, 24 inches up on the wall so that your cat can reach up and and scratch on it. Those corrugated cardboard pieces that are flat on the floor they love those so if your cat is scratching something you don't want it to and we'll talk about that in another show but but quickly put a new scratching device vertical if it's your sofa right next to the sofa so give it a scratch this not that um you know, the the other thing is when you get these scratching things, don't hide them in a back room. Cats like their scratching posts and their cat trees and the core of the home rather than the outskirts of the home. And be sure to put some in the sun. And you're getting the idea here. I said some. So one cat tree is probably not enough, especially if you have multiple cats. You're going to need to have multiple cat trees in different rooms of the home. And at least one of them needs to be in the sun. Another really great thing that is a good enrichment in the physical environment for your cat is positive scent distribution, self-groomers, those corner combs, the arch thing that you got for Tabasco. Tell them about that, Dewey. It was really cool. It's It looks really like a... A brush for the end of your dryer, uh, not your hair dryer, but your laundry uh, dryer, uh, and it's just a big brush, and it's it's curved like the arches of uh, St. Louis, and uh, that's uh, put into a piece of wood and held firmly, and he goes up to that, and he loves to just uh, rub his face on it 
rub his back on it, walk through it. It's like someone's patting him. It's a really nice piece. So we've been talking about the physical stuff. And before we go on to the next one, um, I want to make sure everybody understands what those corner combs are. You know, cats cats naturally rub the corners of, of every place in our house. That's because one of their most important scent glands is in their cheeks in the side of their face. That actually leaves the F3 pheromones. And that's why they rub you too, by the way. They're trying to scent you. Well, they make these little things that are L-shaped you put on the corner that have spikes on them like comb spikes so that when cats do that, it's not only good scent distribution, but it feels good. Um, Get those. Those are awesome. I see another project in the future. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, interesting. That's good. Good conversation about physical. So, through the five centuries, five components of enrichment, we've talked about social, occupational, physical. Now, let's talk a little bit about sensory. What do you? What What's your thoughts on sensory? Well, what I mean by that is that this particular kind of enrichment needs to appeal to all the cat's senses. You need to think about visual. You know, cats. Cats get visually bored because in the wild, they're always watching, not only for predators, but for those prey moving. So, you know, you've seen those things where cats uh, play on iPads. In fact, we're going to post a video right now of Jade, another another client of mine. She has a proud mama, and she is a beautiful Persian, Miss Jade. And she likes to play on the iPad, likes to play games with the fish women and stuff like that on the iPad. So if you can get your cat you know, interested in that, that's an an excellent visual stimulation for them. TV, if they like, some cats like watching TV, find a a bird channel or something nice and calming for them that they, they like the movement on, maybe fishing channel, maybe, maybe Tabasco can watch fishing or your Bigfoot stuff with you, Dewey. Well, you got him excited about that. (laughs) And uh, sound is another important sensory enrichment for cats. You know, cats don't hear the same way we do. Their hearing extends two octaves above ours into the ultrasonic spectrum, which means they can hear bats communicate and can even distinguish the squeaks of different rodent species. It's, it's amazing. They are super sensitive to ultrasonic sounds. So, you know, don't. Don't use those rodent control, those sonic rodent control devices, even when you have them on the pet safe setting. Just be safe and, and don't do that. They're even, they, you know, it's funny, they, they can hear two octaves above us, but they're unable to determine minor differences in pitch and intensity, you know, the emphasis of, of our voices. Um, another thing is music. Cats love classical music. Go to I Calm Cats. I think that's done by I, I Calm Pet. And they have a little player where they've modulated the frequency of the music so that cats love it even more. So Google I Calm Cat. I use it in the shelter and, uh, and on some behavior consults. It's amazing. Well, that's great. We are getting uh, close to the end of our show. But before we go, I just want to talk about the last and the final of the five components. Uh, it's it's a great thing to talk about, and it's a great way to lead into the into the end of the show is talk about the nutritional aspects of and the importance of nutrition in the cat world. Yeah, and and in this case, we're not talking about 
what you're feeding them or how you're feeding them. That's for a whole nother show. And we will do that soon because that's a, a big, important topic. But this is the enrichment, the extra stuff. So, you know, cats love plants. You know, every time you bring me flowers, honey, Tabasco has to taste them. He does. He pulls them apart, pulls the little uh, pedestals off. I know, and, and you have to be careful about that, people, because lilies and poinsettias are poisonous to cats. So, you know, be careful what kinds of plants you leave out for your cats to eat. But there are some safe things you can do, like get an indoor planter box and make a catnip box. Plant plant catnip. Like we have catnip planted outside in our in our catio even. We do, and I tell you, that's something that he goes out there and loves. He chews on that constantly. And it's easy to grow. Dewey's always complaining that it's taking over the garden. <laughs> Another thing that you can do that I, I do for Tabasco on a regular basis is is plant wheatgrass. We do these little indoor planters, and it comes in seeds, and you, you just bury the seeds a little under the surface, and it sprouts up. And it's very safe and very good for them to eat little special enrichment things. I've ordered some silver vine seeds that's similar to catnip, and I'm going to grow some of that, and I'll, I'll report back on how that goes. Um, you know, some other nutritional enrichment treats that you can give them are the bone broth that we talk about. Um, Stocks and Bondi in Dallas at Farmer's Market has the most amazing pet bone broth ever. You can also make your own, but boy, Joanne knows what she's doing. That's a good treat for them. Nutritional yeast. I posted yesterday that cats love nutritional yeast. Sprinkle a little of that on their food or as a treat. Um, Clicker training is, is an amazing enrichment that we don't have time to go into today, but that's, that's again for another show. But there's all kinds of special things. We have talked about, of course, food puzzles and foraging for food um, a little bit earlier up in, um, in the occupational enrichment. But that's also another great way to deliver treats to your cat in something that gets them interactively involved. Um, what else here for nutritional that I can think of? Well, it's getting to that point where we're at the end of the show, and we've had a great show so far, and it's a lot of great information, Molly. Thank you so very much for sharing the enrichment aspects and these five components of what enrichment means. And for those out there listening, I'd like to remind you that Molly is a consultant, a cat behavior consultant. So if you would like to book an appointment with her, uh, you can find her at uh, molly at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Uh, and you can also communicate with her at molly at cat talk radio also. Uh, so as we're about to uh, roll out of this, we would like to say goodbye to our, our special friends. And uh, Tabasco, what do you think of being here on the show today? What do you think of the cat enrichment process? Well, you know, that's pretty sound. Speaking of Tabasco, Tabasco's going to be the guest on next week's show. It's going to be a special one, so be sure to tune in next week. We're going to talk about why does my cat do that? And boy, do we have a lot of dirty laundry to air on Tabasco. So we'll look forward to having you back with us next week and letting telling all of Tabasco's little antics 
about what he does and explaining to you why he does that and why your cats do the weird things they do? The answer is they're little aliens in cat suits. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, cat people. for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program next Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 